morning I would ask you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Genesis. You should be able to find Genesis. It's the very first book, Genesis. And we're going to be in Genesis chapter number 13 this morning. This is uh, perhaps one of the better known passages of uh, Scripture. And in Genesis chapter number 13, we're going to read verses 5 down through verse number 9. Genesis chapter number 13, verses 5 down through verse number 9. As is normally the case, we will also be looking at other verses uh, in Genesis chapter number 13. But Genesis chapter number 13, beginning in verse number 5. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, For their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. The title of the message this morning is How to Settle Strife. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We are thankful for the help that you've given each person here uh, to be here this morning. I do pray for those that are still sick and uh, just pray that you'd heal bodies as only you can uh, for Darlene not here but of course as well for those that are here that are still sick i do pray that you would bless the service today that you would meet with us that you would uh, cause this to be the highlight of our week uh, meeting together as the saints of god uh, as a new testament church on the first day of the week what a blessing we have i pray that you'd speak to our hearts today lord teach us uh, how we ought to handle strife in our lives lord strife is sure to come And uh, if we are not prepared and equipped biblically how to handle this, uh, it has the capability of wreaking havoc in our lives. And Lord, we want to be pleasing in your sight. And Lord, as this patriarch uh, Abram dealt with strife and teaches us so many lessons from Holy Scripture in how to deal with strife, Lord, help us to know how to settle strife. And may it all be for your honor and glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How to settle strife. Cruel is the strife of brothers. The Greek philosopher Aristotle famously said this, and he rightly pointed out the villainy of strife. Now, our text verses, Genesis chapter number 13, verses 5 through 9, and of course, that which comes following verse number 9. Uh, These text verses deal with this very subject, the burgeoning strife, the developing strife between the patriarch Abram and his nephew Lot. They were brothers in the Lord. If this situation had not been handled in the way that it was, or even handled at all, we would soon see that Aristotle was correct. Cruel is the strife of brothers. And yet Abraham 
recognized the villainy of strife. And he recognized that he had to take action to prevent this strife from developing. In so doing, Abraham teaches us a lesson on how to settle strife. Now, strife is something that we're all going to encounter in our work life, in our home life, in our relationships, in our pursuits of pleasure and and recreation. Strife is ever-present. Strife has the potential to rear its ugly head in every area of our life. In churches. How much more so? Now, if we know how to settle strife, I believe we can lead more fulfilling, more peaceable lives, all for the honor and glory of God. Now, Abram teaches us how to settle strife. And I want us to note here that our text reveals four steps that Abram took in settling this strife with Lot and Lot's Lot's herdsmen. Notice these four steps. Number one, Abram acted first in taking the initiative. Step number two, Abram appealed to their intimate relationship. Step number three, Abram accepted responsibility for instigating separation. And then step number four, Abram agreed to relinquish his own best interests. Four steps that Abram took in settling this strife, and there are four steps that I believe if we learn from these and adopt them and practice them in our own lives and dealing with strife, we will be better equipped in settling strife. So step number one. Abram acted first in taking the initiative. And when I say in taking the initiative, you understand and talking about in taking the initiative to settle the strife. We see this covered in verses 6 through 8. Now, someone needed to act to prevent this strife from growing. And Abram took it upon himself to be that person. What a lesson we learn in that. Oftentimes when strife is brewing and it's burgeoning and developing, we say, well, I'm not doing anything. The other person is the person responsible for the strife, and so I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to allow them to take the initiative. Abram didn't do that. Abram saw what was happening, and and what was happening? Well, Lot, his nephew, had come with Abram, out of the land of the Ur of the Chaldees, into Haran, down into Egypt, and Lot and and his son, uh, Lot and his uncle Abram had many possessions and much cattle, and God had blessed them with wealth. And so, what happened is that there was a strife that had occurred. Read it in verse number six uh, between Lot's herdmen and Abram's herdsmen. Verse number 6, And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. Then on on into verse number 7, And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. So this strife is developing, 
And Abram is the one that acts first in taking the initiative to settle the strife. Now, we learn about Abram and his action here because this reveals, first of all, that Abram had a desire for peace. You know, you run across some people in this life and it's apparent that they don't want to dwell peaceably. They're always looking to kick up some controversy or some strife so that there's always bickering and there's always an argument. Abram was not like that. Abram desired peace. He had a desire for peace. Now, now when we think about Abram's desire for peace, I want us to go back to what we just talked about and begin with the problem. The problem. What was the problem? The problem was strife. This was the problem. In verse number 7 it says, And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. Now, the word strife here in the Old Testament literally means a dispute, a controversy, a contest, or to have an adversary. I would submit to you that if you enjoy strife and you desire strife, you can't possibly say that you have a desire for peace because the very word strife means a dispute, controversy, contest, or adversary. So, in the Old Testament, it carries these meanings. The word is also prevalent in the New Testament. And in the New Testament, the word strife means a quarrel, a wrangling, a contention, a debate, or a strife. There are other words in the New Testament that give us further insight into the meaning of the word strife. In fact, one of those words carries this meaning. It is electioneering or intriguing for office. Apparently, and by the way, I'm reading you a quote from uh, Thayer's. It says, apparently in the New Testament, a courting distinction, a desire to put oneself forward, a partisan and fractious spirit which does not disdain low arts, partisanship or fractiousness. These, this is the way that strife is described. Strife always carries a connotation of contentions, disputations, quarrelings, debates, or wranglings. And that is exactly what was happening here between Abram's herdmen and Lot's herdmen. They had too many possessions and too much cattle. They could not coexist peacefully. There was strife amongst them. Now what is the what is the product of that strife between the herdmen? Well, the capacity for that is to grow out and create strife between Abram and his uh, immediate family and Lot. And Abram wants to avoid this. Abram has a desire for peace. Notice the problem. It is the strife, but also Abram's preference for peace. Look at verse number 8. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife. This is Abram going out of where he perhaps needed to be, and we'll talk more about that as we get into the message, and and doing what was necessary. This was necessary that somebody take the first step. Abram acted first in taking the initiative because he had a desire for peace. We see Abram's preference for peace. He's reaching out to Lot and saying, let there be no strife. Can we settle this? Can we, can we get rid of this strife before it turns into something 
that it should not be. This is the attitude that you and I, as the Lord's people, should have. We should be peacemakers. And we should follow the, the advice of Paul. And rather, rather than the word advice, I would say the exhortation and the command of Paul to the church at Rome. In Romans chapter 14 and verse number 19, there Paul writes, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. So we are to be peaceful people, following after peace, desirous for peace. Sometimes that means we have to take the initiative and act first in settling the strife. The uh, preacher Robert Ainsley Redford, who was a 19th century English preacher, he wrote this in reference to the situation between Abram and Lot. Lot is simply selfish, willful, regardless of consequences, utterly worldly. Abram is a lover of peace, a hater of strife, still cherishes the family feeling and reverences the bond of brotherhood, is ready to subordinate his own interests to the preservation of the divine order, has faith to see that Canaan with the blessing of God is much to be preferred to the plain of Jordan with divine judgments hanging over those who were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceeding. And Redford nails it. He is correct. Abram is a man of peace. Lot is selfish. Lot, Lot should have taken the first step. Lot should have been the one to say, Oh, Uncle Abram, you've been so gracious to me, and you've done so much for me, and you've looked out for me and cared for me when I don't even have a father. Lot's father was dead, by the way. And he didn't do that. He waited for Abram to take the initiative. You know, sometimes we got to act first in taking the initiative if we're going to settle strife. We see Abram's desire for peace, and we see that Abram deferentially pled with Lot. He deferentially pled with Lot. Look at verse number 8 again. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee. And between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. Do you see Abram's deferential pleading with Lot? He treated Lot with deference. Abram, and again, we're going to talk more about this a little bit later on, but Abram should not have been the one reaching out. Lot should have been the one reaching out. And Lot didn't do a thing, which says a lot, no pun intended, about Lot's character. Abram deferentially pled with Lot. Abram deferred to Lot. Abram treated Lot with deference. Now, we studied Bible character traits long ago in this church. And one of those character traits was deference as opposed to rudeness. And the definition of deference, I, I remind you, is it is limiting my freedom in order not to offend others whom I serve with. That's a practical application. And Abram was willing to do that. He is deferentially pleading with Lot. He is beseeching Lot and imploring Lot to settle this with him 
that let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee. Abram was quite the man in attempting to settle this strife. We're talking today about how to settle strife. Four steps we see that Abram took. The first step is that he acted first in taking the initiative. Will you? Would you be willing to do that? Notice the second step. Abram appealed to their intimate relationship. And I mean to he and Lot's intimate relationship. We see it in the last part of verse number 8. We've already read verse number 8 a few times, but look at the last four words of verse number 8. Do you see it? For we be brethren. Abram has just said, I implore you, Lot, let's settle this. Let there be no strife between me and you and between our herdmen. Why? For we be brethren. He is appealing to their intimate relationship. If nothing else would get Lot's attention, perhaps this would get their attention, their intimate relationship. Now I believe that Abram is first of all appealing to their literal relationship. They were related. Not just spiritually. We'll talk about that in a moment. But they were literally family members. Who was Lot to Abram? He was Abram's nephew. Abram's father, or excuse me, Lot's father had passed away and was dead. And this is probably why Abram was so deferential in allowing Lot to come with him out of Ur of the Chaldees and into where God would would tell him to go. And by the way, uh, we're going to talk more about that here in just a few moments as well. So Lot is appealing to their familial relationship, their literal relationship. We be brethren. If we can't get along as family members, we got to take some steps to make sure that we can settle the strife. We should do the same. How sad it is that in homes, husbands and wives continue to allow strife to be prevalent instead of somebody being the hero and acting first and taking the initiative and saying, hey, this ought not to be the case. Uh, we be brethren. Or how about parents with children? Or even if you want to go a little bit further, brothers and sisters. It is not right that we dwell in strife. We are to take every effort necessary to ensure that in our relationships within our family, strife cease. Now that does not mean that we compromise. does not mean that we stray from the Word of God. In fact, we're going to find out that the way that this situation was resolved was a pretty drastic way. We don't have to compromise what we believe. We don't have to allow sin. But we should take the steps necessary to settle strife. We are not settling strife when we act in accordance with Proverbs, what, what Proverbs chapter 10 and verse number 12 tells us as to why strife oftentimes exists. In Proverbs chapter 10 and verse number 12, the Bible says, Hatred stirreth up strife. But love covereth all sins. It doesn't mean that we we approve of sin or that we explain sin away, but we act first in taking the initiative and we truly desire that this strife would be settled and we appeal 
to the intimate relationships that we have. We ought to act again as Paul wrote in Romans chapter number 12 and verse number 18. We've already alluded to Romans chapter 14 a few moments ago. But I would have you to note in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 18, Paul wrote this. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. And that includes those of your family. You know, there are times when you... I'm, I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself here, okay? In the steps. But there are times where you've done everything you can within your family to settle strife and you just got to part ways. We don't like that, do we? we? We don't like to think that it would come to that. It came to that with Abram and Lot. And there are times when we have to be willing to do that so that the strife does not continue. So that the contentions and the wranglings and the debates do not continue. Hey, we be brethren. I pray thee, let there be no strife. I'll go my way, you go yours. This is a reality of life. Now I said I got a little bit ahead of myself, but I thought it was necessary at that point. So you know what's coming. So Abram appealed to their intimate relationship. This was the second step that he took. First of all, their literal familial relationship, but then secondly, to their religious relationship. And, you know, I think sometimes we as Baptists, we think that the word religion is a bad word. It's not. The Bible uses the word religion, okay, in the New Testament. But, but just as we ought to desire that strife be settled within our family... We ought to desire that strife be settled with fellow Christians and within our churches. This is one of the ways that the devil attacks churches. He attacks from within. We've seen it, have we not? Where strife is brewed and ginned up, and then you got these people that are behind the scenes, you know, talking to this person and talking to that person, and then they're they're gone, and you never even have an opportunity to act first in initiating a res- resolution to the strife. This is the way the devil works. We ought to be as brothers and sisters in the Lord and as fellow church members. We ought to say, hey, let there be no strife between us for we be brethren. Maybe not physical brethren, but brethren in the Lord. Abram and Lot were brothers in the Lord. I believe that Abram was, or Lot was a saved guy. I surely believe Abram was a saved guy. Abram was called out of the land of the Ur of the Chaldees, out of his out of his own homeland. Why? They were idolaters, and Abram was saved by the grace of God, and we become the father of faith. And I believe that Lot followed, and that by that testimony was saved by the grace of God. They were not only physical brethren, but they were spiritual brethren, and as spiritual brothers and sisters in Christ. We ought to appeal to our intimate relationships so that strife can be settled. We ought to say, brother, sister, we are brothers and sisters in the Lord. Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between us. Is this not the attitude that Paul wrote to the church at Philippi about in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 3 where he wrote, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. And if we have that attitude, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you know, we could probably settle strife. We could probably settle strife. So no, we're, we're looking at these four steps that Abram took in, in settling this strife. The first step is that he acted 
first in taking the initiative. The second step is that he appealed to their intimate relationship. And then I want you to notice this third step. We see it in the beginning of verse number 9. We won't like this. He accepted responsibility for instigating separation. Read it in verse number 9. And Abram said unto Lot, excuse me, verse number 9, I was reading verse number 8. In verse number 9, Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. Wow. Do you know that in settling strife, one of the ways that strife is settled is that you got to go your own ways? Do you understand that? Now some of you would say, yeah, forget it, I'm out. I'm not going to settle strife with my literal family that way. That can't be. Uh, I love my family too much and I'll put up with with whatever my family does because I love my family too much. Well, then you check out because the Bible has nothing more to say to you. You have shut off the counsel of God. I'm here to tell you that there are times when (laughs) the only way to settle the strife is that you go this way and I go that way. Now, you can accept it or not, How you apply this in your own life is between you and the Lord. Make no mistake about it. How you you apply this will deeply impact your life here on this earth and it will impact others around you. Do you see what Abram said to Lot? Abram loved Lot. He was the loving uncle that looked out for Lot when Lot's father passed away. Abram's own brother. But notice what Abram says in verse number 9. He's trying to settle the strife. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. Abram did not shy away from suggesting a difficult resolution to settle the strife. And you and I have to be prepared to do that. Now Abram's instigation of separation And again, I say he accepted responsibility. Lot wasn't doing anything. Lot didn't act first in taking the initiative. Lot didn't say anything about their intimate relationship. So Abram says, you know what, i got to do this. Somebody's got to stand up and do what is necessary to settle the strife. I'll be that guy. So he accepted responsibility. But notice in his instigating separation... First of all, it was not based on personal animosity. It was not that Abram did not like Lot. It was not that Abram did not love Lot. It was not that Abram was upset with Lot because of what Lot had lacked in doing and he did not do in taking the first step. It was not that Abram was upset with Lot's herdman because of the strife. It was not based on personal animosity. Now I want you to understand this. God had specifically appeared to Abram and told Abram that he was supposed to go this alone. Do you understand that? Did did you get what I said? Lot was not supposed to be with Abram This was the purpose of God. Let me show you. I'll prove it to you. Now, who did God appear 
to and tell to get out of the land of the Ur of the Chaldees? Abram. But if you follow the, the Old Testament, you don't get you don't get the full import of what is happening. If you look at Genesis chapter number twelve, look at verse number one. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And so you have there that, that God had already said to Abram after Abram uh, was in the out of the land of Ur of the Chaldees, the Bible says that God had already said unto him, Get thee out of thy country, watch, and from thy kindred, from his family. God told Abram to separate from his family. Now watch, look at the New Testament. Turn with me to Acts chapter number 7 and verse number 1 through 3. Acts chapter number 7 verses 1 through 3. And watch what Stephen says about when God told Abram to separate from his family. In Acts chapter 7 verses 1 through 3, Then said the high priest, Are these things so? And he said, This is Stephen. Stephen is the he. Men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. Watch. The God of glory. Do you know there's only one other time in the Bible that the term, the title God of glory is used with God? It's in Psalm 29. So he says, The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham. Watch. When he was in Mesopotamia, before he dwelt in Karan or Haran. This is when Abram was in Ur of the Chaldees. God had appeared unto him and said, Separate yourself from the land and from your family. Look at verse 3. And he said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and come unto the land which I shall show thee. Now, who was his kindred? Lot. Lot was his kindred. Now you have Lot following Abram as Abram leaves Haran In fact, let's just go back. Let me show you what I'm talking about here. Let's go all the way back again to Genesis chapter number 12. In Genesis chapter number 12, watch here in uh, verse number 5. Watch uh, verse number 4 and verse number 5. Let's let's look at Genesis 12, verses 4 and 5. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. So here's Lot tagging along with Abram. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Verse 5, And Abram took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their substance they had gathered and saw all the souls that they had gotten in Haran and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan and into the land of Canaan they came. Did you see that? And Lot and Abram took Lot his brother's son. Then we could go on into Genesis chapter number 13. We, also, we already read verse number 5 as part of our text verses. It says, Where Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. What is the purpose of us going through these verses? The purpose is this. God never intended for Lot, I don't believe, God never intended for Abram to have Lot with him. He said, separate from your family. Why did he say separate from your family? Because Abram's family were idolaters. You can read that in the book of Joshua where it says that on the other side of the river Jordan before the people came out of the Ur of the Chaldees through Abram and his family uh, that they were idolaters. They served other gods with a little G in that land. And so, so now we have, I believe, Abram getting it. 
He doesn't have a bone to pick with Lot. He's not, not angry at Lot. He's not saying, why don't you get out of my face, Lot, and you go this way and I'll go that. None of that. Abram has, I believe, acting appropriately according to what God had told him that he was already supposed to be separated from his family. And what does he say to Lot in, in chapter 13 and verse number 9? Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. Now sometimes we don't act the way that Abram did in seeking to separate from others. Sometimes we act contentiously and pridefully and say, you know what, I don't want anything to do with this person. Just get, get away from me. You go your way and I'll go mine. I don't ever want to see you. I don't want anything else to do with you. Well, then that would be acting in accordance with Proverbs 13.10, which says, Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. And so Abram was not acting out of pride in this situation. He was not acting out of personal animosity. D.C. Hughes was another old preacher that wrote this. The separation of friends is not an unmitigated evil. It may be an occasion of good. Whether when compelled to separate or when permitted to have fellowship one with another, the grace of God should teach us to be generous, courteous, and consistent. And, and the point in reading the quote from Hughes is to prove that sometimes, sometimes the separation is the right thing to do. In fact, we talk about here Abram expect, accepting responsibility for instigating separation is not based on personal animosity, but what was the reason? Well, God had told him to separate from his family. And that leads us to this conclusion. That his instigating separation from Lot was the best solution to the problem. Now, some people have problems and they're not, they're not serious about solving these problems. Because they'll have a problem and they'll say, Hey, here's my problem. What do you think about this? And you go through, you give them biblical counsel, and they want nothing to do with it. They're not, really, they're not really serious about solving their problem. Hey, you know what? Man, over the holidays I gained 25 pounds. What should I do? We'll stop eating so much and start working out. Well, we don't want that advice. Isn't there some pill I can take? Can I get a home uh, kit to do my own liposuction or my own home gastric bypass surgery? You know, is there, isn't there something I can do? I don't want to stop eating donuts every morning. I mean, I want to solve my problem, but I don't really solve it bad enough to do that. We don't want to do what is necessary to solve our problems oftentimes. Is that not true? I'm telling you that in settling strife, sometimes there must be a separation. I love you, but you must go your way and I will go my way. With no strife with no personal animosity. It is the best solution to the problem. Sometimes it is just better to part ways. Is it not? It is. And we don't want to hear that. We don't like to hear that. A.W. Pink wrote this. Even the closest ties of human affection cannot unite souls which are sundered by opposite motives. Did you get that? Let me read it again. Even the closest ties of human affection cannot unite souls which are sundered by opposite motives. It was clear what was motivating Lot, was it not? If you don't think it, it was, look at his actions or lack of action 
in trying to resolve this with Uncle Abram. And then look at how he chose where to go. Lot was not content, or rather intent, on seeking spiritual guidance from the Lord. He was choosing based upon his own flesh and what looked good. I mean, there's no disputing that. Right? I mean, in fact, look at verse number 10. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zor. Verse 11, Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east. He chose, his, he chose where he was going based upon his flesh. Abram understood that the best solution to the problem was separation. He's the one that brought it up. Sometimes we must be willing to do so. And then the fourth step, Lot, excuse me, not Lot, but Abram agreed to relinquish his own best interests. Now watch. Abram had every right to demand that Lot take the steps to resolve this. But look at, look at Abram here in verse number 9. Let's read it again. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. Now look. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. Now wait a minute. Why is Abram deferring to Lot? Lot's the one that's tagged along with Abram, and Abram, out of his out of his love for Lot, allowed Lot to come. Lot's lost his father. Why is Abram deferring to Lot? Why doesn't Abram say, "Hey, you know what? I'm going this way, and you go that way"? That's not what Abram did. He deferred to Lot, as we've already talked about, and he agreed to relinquish his own best interest. Now, this is first of all true. Because of Abram's superior position. There's no doubt Abram had a superior position. He had a superior position as it related to wisdom. Abram was the older, wiser person. Abram had a relationship with the Lord. The Lord had spoken to Abram. Abram had spoken to the Lord. Abram had a superior position as it is indicated by his wisdom, as indicated by his wealth. Now, Lot had some wealth, but his wealth didn't compare to Abram's wealth. In fact, God had promised to bless Abram not only in wealth, in possessions, but also in land. In fact, God had promised to bless Abram as the father of faith. Go back and read it in Genesis chapter number 12, verses 1 and 3. And we also know that Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. That's Genesis chapter 13 and verse number 2. And so Abram was superior in position as far as wisdom and as wealth, and then also as to his warmth and sincerity to Lot. Lot was fatherless. Abram, I believe, had a soft spot for Lot. You might say that Lot was Abram's favorite nephew. He wanted to do well by Lot. So here is Abram with all of this stacked up, he certainly had the superior position, and yet he relinquishes his own best interest. He had every right to say to Lot, Hey, I brought you with me out of Ur of the Chaldees. You have followed me around. I have taken care of you. Look, son, I know your situation, that your daddy died when you were young, and I get all that, and, and I wanted to take care of you. But you know what? All this happened, and you didn't lift a finger to resolve this. You hit the road, Jack. Abram didn't take that approach. He is warm to Lot. He approaches Lot 
we see Abram's superior position, but notice Abram's selfless proposal. In verse number 9, notice what Abram says again. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. Now, do you mean to tell me that you don't think Abram knew that the well-watered plain was well-watered? You mean to tell me that Abram was so ignorant that he couldn't look out and see, hey, that's the best place. I'm going to work this to where Lot chooses to go the other way so I get the best place. No, it was a selfless proposal. Abram literally said to Lot, look, man, you pick. I'm completely deferring to you. You go that way, I'll go this way. You go this way, I'll go that way. This was a selfless proposal. Abram did not have to defer to Lot in this manner, and he did. Why? To settle the strife. Frederick Hastings was an old English Congregationalist preacher. He wrote this. Abraham acted most unselfishly with this view. He yielded his claim to a choice. Lot owed much to Abraham, yet Lot seized on the advantage. Lot didn't say to his uncle, Oh no, Uncle Abraham. You, you've been kind to me. You've been good to me. This was, a, this was a strife between my herdman and your herdman. We'd be brethren. I don't want anything to be between us. I don't want any strife. You, you have taken care of me. You are much wiser than I am. I owe much to you. Father Abraham, you choose. Lot didn't do that. It says much about Lot's character. Abram agreed to relinquish his own best interests. Now, these are not easy steps, are they? It is not an easy step for you to relinquish your own best interests. It is not an easy step for you to accept responsibility for instigating separation. It's probably not easy to appeal to your intimate relationship, especially for guys, you know, we don't, we don't like to talk like that. It's probably not easy to act first in taking the initiative. But Abram did. He took all these four steps. And look at how God blessed him, and we'll conclude with this. Look at God, how God blessed him in the last portions of this, ver- of this chapter, beginning in verse number 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him. Isn't that interesting? After Lot was separated from him. Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land and the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed from his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Abram's still serving God and blessed mightily of God. Abram was intent in settling the strife. Hey, by the way, how did things work out for old Lot when he went over there to the plains, the well-watered plain? Not well. In the very next chapter, Abram's got to go and rescue him. And then we read in chapters number uh, 18 about the Lord visiting Abram and God intent on destroying the cities of the plain. And then in verse number nine, or chapter number 19, how that you know God had to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for their wickedness. And that's where Lot chose. Would have been well for Lot to defer to his uncle and say, Father Abram, you, you help. let's settle this. How, how can we do this? But he didn't. Abram was a wise man. 
he settled the strife. He took these four steps to settle the strife, and we would do well to learn from them and apply them so that we might as well settle strife in our own lives. Let's pray.